Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, dear ones, and hope you're doing well wherever in the world you're tuning in from. This is your humble host, Krish Dunham, coming to you again from my office in Dallas, Texas. Continuing along the lines of the small missive we had titled, The Medicine for This Misery. And uh, we talked about digging and we talked about deflecting. Today we'll embark on the third and final installment of that called Stop Distorting. Now, in uh, the architecture of communication written, I think, by Connolly and O'Rourke, or uh, Reork, if I pronounce it right, they talked about something called the architecture of communication in terms of cycles of waste and cycles of progress. So part of this deletion, distortion, and uh, deviation and all that comes from the cycles of waste. In the broader spectrum of communication, that which I've been an ardent fan of and a purveyor of for more than three decades, I've noticed that our very communication arsenal is now a very distorted one. From both the people who are the prognosticators of that which needs to be rightful and justful and humane and purposeful, to the ones who go on the defensive about what was yesteryear and good and hopeful and wholesome, The distortion is almost complete. There is an inability to articulate the values of a family that kept the togetherness together of both parents, uh, both of them working or not working, uh, the wholesomeness of the need for the institution of marriage, uh, children not being born out of wedlock, and all saving yourself in purity. These were all the virtues that were part of society and any adherence to something outside the standard was considered a deviation, was considered a distortion, was considered an abomination because the word of God was important and its sanctity was verifiable. Now, this doesn't happen to have to be a Judeo-Christian God or uh, any other thing. It could be any faith belief anywhere in the world had moral boundaries that were integral to the functioning of a society and any deviation from them was considered an abomination. In fact, even till today, in some of the more broader cultures where the word of God is still an ethos uh, that is embedded into the government and the institutions of those governments, some of the blasphemous behavior that is considered abhorrent biblically is uh, actually punishable by death in some of these countries that do not even subscribe to the Bible. Now, all that to say that our very way in which we have communicated sin, uh, salvation, Savior, and uh, any of those other things have uh, been distorted greatly. We have uh, redefined our vocabulary and as such have distorted our communication. Now, what is distortion? Distortion is, for example, if you heard a message and the message was... uh, X, Y, and Z, and then you decided that you were going to A, uh, delete X and Y and offer A, B, and Z. 
But then that's just the deletion component. The distortion is when then A, B, and C is conveyed to a third party as truth that was actually the original intent. And now what you have seen is it's gone through a layer, a filter, a filter that has eliminated that which may be morally just, that which may have a framework that is balanced, that which may have a boundary that is decided, and tried to create an abstract that would be more palatable and more appealing to the broader mass. Let us fast forward from the days of yesteryear and the lore of uh, the tradition of family and value into modernity, which means let us leapfrog from the 60s and the free love to the 70s and free ideas to the 80s and free thought to the 90s and free behavior and the 2000, which is anything is possible because everything is doable and nothing is taboo. Which brings us to the original statement that one great philosopher made. We have now arrived at that great precipice, that chasm of evil, where we stand uh, gripping our toes on the edge of that cliff, looking into the abyss of abomination and saying to ourselves in a pleading voice to the God of heavens, is anything wrong with anything anymore? Just most recently, you talked about a great distortion. Of course, we are going through this month right now where a behavior is lauded and celebrated. Not that people who subscribe to those affiliations or who are perilously uh, damaged or uh, in some way beholden to those afflictions. The question is always, how come that kind of behavior or that kind of thought or that kind of negotiation or that kind of inhabitation or that kind of cohabitation gets an entire 30 days, whereas today being June 19th, Juneteenth uh, is just a day. Uh, Flag Day is just a day. Republic Day in India is just a day. Independence Day in America is just a day. Memorial Day is just a day. So when you look at the heroism and the very foundations of society that each particular moment has been given a day, and behavior and affiliation and affliction and all of those things have been given a month. Humanity is now on that distorted appeal. Not that we are picking sides or saying if anything is right or anything is wrong. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I can in my answers, but in that Henry Kissinger-esque way, we need to step on toes without people knowing that they are that we're trying to hurt them in some way to get back to normalcy. So what are some of the broader distortions we are seeing today as we try to navigate our pulse in this society? Look around you and ask yourself any number of questions. You can't go into a store today without being bombarded with distorted information that has nothing to do with your original intent of purpose. You cannot go into an aisle that uh, can just say, hey, you know what, here Spanish food is available or Indian food is available or Moroccan food is available. Because apparently just using that nomenclature triggers somebody and it offends somebody. So the distortion is, let's just call it international. Well, if you're going to call it international, your domestic would fall under international and you don't need to have aisles. Just tell everybody stuff and people can go and pick for themselves. The very point of labeling something is to narrow down its origin so that the people who are participating in it or picking it have a choice that is based out of convenience. 
take Halloween, for example. At one time, it was fashionable for people. I don't subscribe to the holiday in sense because of its pagan origins. But other than that, uh, if you look at Halloween, people would dress up as demons and goblins and ghosts and beggars. And then very soon, the masks became prevalent. And then very soon, costumes became evident. And kids started dressing up in Disney characters. And there was great joy and celebration. It was not so much about the candy. It was not so much about them saying trick or treat. Very rarely did anybody ask for a trick. Everybody gave them a treat. But more importantly, it was about people being able to wear a guise of something for a day and absolve themselves of the reality of the world. As innocent as that outcome might be today, it's culturally inappropriate to wear a certain ethnicity's cultural clothes or whatever it is. I remember my bride was once asked for some Indian outfits of hers so somebody could go to a costume or a masquerade party of some kind and the husband and wife were going to go dressed as Indians. Now they were Caucasians, they're decent friends of ours, have been for many, many moons. We have known them for over 30 years. There is not a prejudicial bone in their body. Their kids spent time in our homes, our kids spent time in their homes. We have done stuff together, we have dined together, we have worshiped together. We have broken bread together and we have made plans about the future together. Now, when some of them ask for my clothes saying that, hey, this is part of your origin, but we're going to a masquerade or a fancy dress ball of some kind and we want to go as you. Not you in particular that me and my bride, but they wanted to go as Indians. Maybe they were motivated by the Indian culture. Maybe they were motivated by the subcontinent's contribution to literature, subcontinent's contribution to science, and the subcontinent's prevalence as the powerhouse of Silicon Valley. This man came from a technical background, so maybe that was his original idea. But the alarm bells that go off when I mention this story is, well, how dare they? they have, how can they just don your clothes and pretend they're walking a mile in your shoes? Well, if that's the case, then no clothes should be worn because at one time we were all savages and everybody wore a walk around wearing bare skin. Maybe in the Garden of Eden was the original place where nakedness was a virtue, but as soon as they understood the, lie, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, they began to um, observe their own nakedness and shame entered the picture. When shame entered the picture, the need to cover up one's shame uh, entered the picture. So how far back do you go before you say that everything in this world is culturally appropriated except maybe for the original fig leaf that conceals something. You see how absurd these distractions are? The Prime Minister of Canada arrives in India, dons Indian apparel because Canada has got a large Indian population. And people said, you know, looked at him and gave him a pass because on one side he subscribes to everything that I've talked about that is negative. Yet when he dons it, somehow it's an innocent mistake. You go back in his own life and you see the black face he wore to, uh, to do something. I don't know whether he's prejudiced or not. All I know is he has erred on the side of ignorance more often than not in many of his decisions makings. And I'm just talking about that apolitically, but from a moral point of view. So the distortions are vast. The distortions are everywhere, but they are meaningless. A majority of them are just throwing smoke in a way that you would look so that you would ignore the real fires of destruction that are all around us. The Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed, the great balls of sulfur and fire that rained from the heavens now has some archeological proof, they say. Are we precipitously close to that? 
Let's fast forward to something that is just an all-American pastime. Man, there is nothing greater than baseball and apple pie. There's nothing more American than baseball and apple pie. Songs have been sung. Ballads have been done about this. Jolton Joe Jamaggio, the 56-game uh, uh, hitting streak. The majestic babe and his pointing of a bat or the myth that regarded that. Uh, uh, Lou Gehrig saying, today I consider myself the luckiest man in the world. World, afflicted with a disease that would take his life and would be named after him for many for which there was no cure. That's baseball. That's the baseball that America considers its pastime. That's the baseball that people go to see. That's the baseball that broke the color barrier when Jackie Robinson was hired and his number then retired by every major league team. That very baseball decided that they would do something that was so abhorrent that the stands were empty, the parades were outside in protest, but they proceeded anyway. That's a distraction. The distraction is not that the game was halted or the stands were empty. The distraction was, hey, in our desire to be tolerant, we are going to give people who wear the habits of those that are actually taking vows of abstinence. Man, would we ever look at what was that spectacle at the Dodgers Stadium where they brought those nuns for that halftime show, honored them with a bravery award, and at the same time look back and say, man, do we now need to re-question whether we really did give the Nobel Prize to a future saint, Mother Teresa, whose nuns were trained with vows of poverty and abstinence, given two pieces of cloth, one pair of plastic footwear and two plastic plates to go serve the dying and the destitute to pick up those most ravaged by the perils of society, either afflicted by poverty, discarded because of disease or cast aside because of superstition, picking them up from the road and they clamoring out to the heavens saying, I have lived the life of a dog being stuck to the asphalt of this floor, but I'm going to die the dignity of a thousand thousand deaths looking into the eyes of an angel. How then shall we live, said Francis Schaeffer. This is our distortion. This is our misery. And our medicine for this misery is stop distorting. When you see nuns who are flagrantly abusing their Catholic roots, or at least trying to don some kind of anti-Catholic roots, saying, we are nuns, we do good, and we're going to get a bravery award, but we're going to participate in this debauchery and demean the very diocese that uh, gives the order for that missionaries of charity in India. On one side, we have a nun, Mother Teresa, accepts the Nobel Prize and said, I take this in the name of the poor. When she sees the people afflicted with leprosy in the country of Yemen and shouts out to the heavens, Jesus, how could we have left you like this? That nun. Imagine her as a saint now looking down at this world saying, do I give back my award? Do I give back my award? Because not does it, not because of the activities that surround it, because of the distraction. I got an award too, a Nobel Prize. But the award of bravery now given to these people just because they can act the way they act and decide to act so publicly, poignantly, profanely, and flagrantly. Until next time, this is your humble host, Krish Dunham. You want more medicine for misery? Stop digging. Stop deflecting.
and stop distorting. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Krish Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.